Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we interview Asian entrepreneurs and professionals around the world. And for this season, we're going to take our conversations deeper about our Asian identity and hustle stories. We also want to announce that we are hosting our first ever Asian Hustle Network Uplifted Conference next spring in Las Vegas. For more info and to reserve your seats, check out our website at asianhustlenetwork.com. Don't forget to grab a copy of our recently released book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, which tells the personal stories of how 21 Asian American entrepreneurs are shifting culture. You can order it on our website as well. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Linda Chu. Linda was born in Waterloo, Ontario and graduated from Simon Fraser University in Vancouver in 2013. Over the past eight years, she has grown to become a social media influencer with over 500,000 audience on Instagram and a noteworthy leader in the fashion and beauty e-commerce space. She shares her personal story of quitting her nine to five corporate job in order to pursue her own businesses. She is a dedicated entrepreneur with a fashion for helping women start their own businesses in order to be financially independent and to live life to the fullest. In the process, she discovered that the uncertainty of making a leap in a career change can be daunting, but ultimately the reward, freedom, and happiness in the end is priceless. She currently resides in upstate New York. When she isn't working, you can find her spending time with family and friends, boating and barbecuing in Lake George with her husband and two long hair chihuahuas. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. And I, and I think the word dedicated is under is an understatement with you because you are extremely dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we were talking right before we started recording the podcast that you're on Instagram for 11 years now. And that's amazing because you've been so consistent for so long. So let's hear about your story. Like, what was your upbringing like and how did you get the entrepreneur spirit? Yeah, I mean, I feel like social media for me over the years has just become a way of life. So looking back, I don't think I I would have known that I would have relied on it so much, especially for my career. But um, it's it's all been such a great journey. You know, I, I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario, and it's really such a small, quiet town. My dad was a math professor and my mom is a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, I had a pretty boring upbringing, I would say. I grew up with my younger sister. She was definitely always the brains of the family. I was always the more like creative, outspoken one. So she went on to become an accountant. And, you know, to be honest, I I do feel really blessed because from a young age, my parents never pressured me to go in any direction for my career, even though I was so uncertain what what I wanted to do. You know, I think my my dad um, and my mom, they always said, you know, do what makes you happy. And so that's really been ingrained in me from a really young age. So I do feel blessed in that sense because I was able to just try out so many creative outlets and they really encouraged me to do whatever I wanted while I was younger. I, you know, and and I've always been really independent too, since I was, I mean, as soon as I turned 16, I was like, the day I turned 16, I got my driver's license. 
I was like, I'm out of here, you know, and actually the day I turned 16 too, and I'm not even sure if it's allowed back then, but I went and started applying for jobs. And that was like my form of independence. And I guess wanting to make my parents proud because I didn't necessarily do well in school, I think when I was younger. So I was always excited to try new things whether it was, you know, working retail or, you know, my first job was working at a pizza store. I, you know, always actually did e-commerce from when I was young. It it actually started with just like me trying to sell my own clothes um, when I was like 16, 17. So I was always definitely trying to dive into a bunch of different things. And I've had always that entrepreneurial spirit. Dang, you always been the hustler. Like, I love it. It's amazing to hear that story, right? Because like, you always see independence. And I feel like the people who actually go for things are are people that make things happen, right? And I guess that's sort of the opposite of the Asian mentality where it's like, I feel like most Asian parents don't want their kids to work, work at such a young age because they're like, you should focus on school. You should focus on doing that and this. When you look at it, it's like you're gaining lifelong skills, right? Everything that you learn when you're a teenager, the independence is like, it laid a foundation for you to overcome your struggles when you became an entrepreneur yourself. Right. So I'm kind of curious too, like at what point did you realize that you want to start like a swimwear company and more importantly, how'd you meet your partner? I'm really curious about that. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up going off to university in Vancouver where I really knew nobody And um, my business partner for Ivy Swimwear was actually my best friend. So I went off to Vancouver and she actually moved off to LA. We actually fell apart kind of for a few years while we were in school. And then I ended up moving back to Toronto. And it wasn't until I was in Toronto when I realized how hard it was to actually find a job that I loved doing. And after, I think it took me like five years to graduate university, I was just stuck in a job that I really felt unfulfilled, unfulfilled in. And Linda and I grew up in Ottawa. Her name's also Linda. And so we decided to reconnect at some point and we would just, we would always go on tropical vacations. So that was really how Ivy Swimmer was born. I remember, you know, going on these vacations, we would kind of talk about our life goals and, you know, the things we would want for our future and and that's kind of what brought us into you know she had a passion for photography and I went to school for communications and business so we were like why don't we start a business together and at the same time being e-commerce and us being on opposite sides of the coast we didn't necessarily have to be physically together in order to start a business which is the great thing about e-commerce you know in the world we live in today So that's really how Ivy Swimmer was born. It was during one of our trips to Mexico. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. It's so amazing hearing just the origin story of it. And I love how the both of you are named Linda and I like love all of your photos together. And I think you guys are just like the perfect pair to, you know, promote and market your brand. Um, And I can tell you guys put so much emphasis and like effort into, you know, just like posting videos and posting photos on your Instagram accounts. And Brian knows how much I love Ivy Swimwear. Like I'm always, she loves Ivy Swimwear. Like always looking at the photos on the website. I'm like, oh my God, that one's so cute. And they have a new release. Especially when she sees on you, Linda. She's like, 
Wow, he looks oh so good and Linda. Like, oh my god. Looks so good. Both of you guys, both you and the, the other one though, like both of you guys look so good in it. And I think it's amazing how, you know, your partner, she has an experience in photography, right? And you have experience in business and e-commerce, but did either of you have any experience in like designing and were you guys in charge of all of the processes and like designing the different swimwears and releases and just like drawing them out? Because I see a lot of videos of and like photos of you drawing them out. Right. But I'm very curious to know, like, did you ever have any experience in designing clothes or swimwear like that? And how did you pick up on that skill? And what was that process like just learning the whole process? To be honest, that was probably one of our biggest hurdles when we first started um, because none of us had fashion design experience, you know, apart from sketching stuff when we were younger. And so when we first started doing this, we were like trying to brainstorm if we wanted to just carry, you know, what other people carry um, and just scour the market for unique pieces. Or if we actually want to venture in that unknown world of designing stuff ourselves. And I would say that was probably the biggest hurdle because we really had to learn everything on our own. But, you know, the, the bonus was that Linda was really good at sketching. Um, so she does most of our sketches. We'll sit together, we'll brainstorm ideas. And we got really blessed with finding an amazing manufacturer, which actually also took like one to two years to finally really find someone we, who we worked well with. You know, and I speak Mandarin too. So that's been really, really beneficial in communicating with manufacturers. But everything really we learned just through Googling, watching YouTube videos, like our manufacturer telling us like, don't submit designs like this. You know, here's an example of what you should be submitting to us. So we definitely did have a lot of hurdles in the beginning where inventory came in wrong sizes, you know, and stuff didn't fit properly or just, um, you know, barriers because of our inexperience. Um, but it's been a really fun process for sure. And I'm definitely still learning. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys were able to overcome those hurdles, right? Because those things were the ones that set back all the entrepreneurs at the beginning. You're like, no, it's too hard, too difficult. I can't do this, right? And the fact that you're able to overcome that speaks volume. And I think what's even more amazing about your brand is that you live your brand. You are Ivy Swimwear. Like your content reflects that, your personality reflects that. You live the brand along, along with your partner too, right? So I think that's what sets you guys apart. What I'm really curious about was when you were initially launching Ivy Swimwear and you weren't getting the traction that you wanted, right? You weren't getting the sales, you weren't getting this and that. How did you keep yourself mentally going at the early standpoint where it's like, you know what? We're not going to give up. We're going to keep pushing until people start buying our product. It's kind of curious. Like, At what point were you like, I'm going to be Ivy Swimwear and just start wearing my products everywhere and start doing more. I want to hear about that, that mindset transition at the beginning. Yeah, you know, it was really hard because in the beginning, actually, when we were doing product research, I we actually ended up launching an entire collection of crochet bikinis, which ended up becoming our worst sellers. And honestly, that's where we put all of our investment into. So it took a lot for us to kind of start from scratch. And we actually ended up taking a small loan out from a friend. I think it was like $10,000 at the time. And we were like, we are just going to scrap everything. We're going to start from scratch, see where that, you know, small loan takes us. And it was really just, I think, 
that's why I really appreciated that as best friends, we could also be business partners because definitely the two of us kept each other in check, you know, and we always encouraged each other. And I think just seeing what other brands are doing out there always inspired us. Social media is really such an amazing tool because it's not really just to grow our own business, but we get so much inspiration and motivation from seeing other people's posts. So I think that's what's really what really drove us, you know, and we knew we couldn't give up because that was something we really wanted to do and make successful. So amazing. I mean, you know, for a lot of swimmer brands and companies, I feel like they kind of go through this hurdle of like, what should we do in the winter time? Right. Because it's obviously like a seasonal product. More people buy more swimwear during the summer, right. When they're like going on vacation and to beaches and everything like that. So did you ever go through this time where like you kind of like question, like, what should I do during the winter? Am I seeing results and sales in, in the winter as much as I am in the summer? And like, what was your marketing strategy like in the winter to make sure that you stayed relevant throughout the whole year? Yeah, you know, obviously summer is our peak season, but you'd be surprised. Like a lot of people in the winter are planning getaways. They're still planning vacations. So people are still shopping for swimwear. But, you know, we did notice the dip in traffic during winter. So our goal was always to start reaching out to, you know, Australia, UK, Asia, Asia, places where it is summer during our winter time. So we did actually end up working with a digital marketing agency who helps us run like our Facebook ads, our Instagram ads. And I definitely noticed that helped boost our engagement, especially because, to be honest, we didn't even do any paid advertising until probably two years ago. So a lot of it was really just organic Instagram traffic. And I, you know, it reached a point where we really just exhausted that. And I think we did probably start digital advertising way too late. That's a really good tip that you bring up too. I think that including us, right. And a lot of other Asian businesses that we, that we talked to on the podcast, it's like, there's always sort of this resistance to like pay ads at the beginning, where it's like when you finally get into it, you're like, man, I should have to this earlier because the conversions is amazing, right? So I think that's really good that you brought it up too. And I think it's really smart of you to strategically target places around the world because essentially your product is very global, right? Maybe you went to here, but somewhere there. It's like, I think a lot of us like tend to just focus on our target niche where it's like our market is just Canada or United States. And we don't really think about that the world is actually much bigger than we think it is, right? Yeah, exactly. And that that's even like when we first started, I think our priority was to design petite swimwear for Asian bodies and, you know, especially ourselves, because we found it was really difficult to find swimwear that fit petite bodies. But, you know, over the years, we've had to expand on that, too, just to grow the brand. So we're delving into other categories now, which is exciting. But I think sometimes people are so stuck on their niche that they don't want to, like, think outside of the box out of that and just you have to do that in order to innovate and keep up with the trends. Definitely. I definitely agree with that statement a lot. And uh, I guess like the best thing I really like about entrepreneurship is the way that you can control the product based upon your own beliefs and your own style and your own personality, because that's very reflective throughout the product. Right. And we noticed early on that you're probably one of the first person that we ever saw on social media like five, six years ago to actually put on, put on events that are not like, like Victoria's Secret or like these other big, large conglomerate brands where it's like, we're seeing like the power to smaller 
business owners, smaller the power to smaller creators. And I want to talk about that too. It was like, what was the best thing about creating Ivy somewhere from an entrepreneur standpoint in terms of like, wow, we can do this. We can create events. We can create pageant shows. You can create fashion shows. Like what was that, that point where it was like, wow, we have the power to do anything and we're only limited by our, our own imagination. I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest blessing and what I'm thankful for most throughout this journey is just all the amazing people we've met throughout this, you know, through our start of the company who supported us, whether it's models, photographers, influencers, designers, you know, publishers, we've really been blessed to meet such amazing people. And I know like influencer marketing is so big right now, building these communities around you that really support the brand and the brand message. You know, that's definitely been the most rewarding for myself. It's just creating that hub of loyal followers and people who really see your vision and believe in the brand. You know, being able to achieve my goal of going to Miami Swim Week, that's really fulfilling. And I think that's like a check off the bucket list. But being able to really build out this network of people who believe in my vision, I think that's the most rewarding part of this whole process. That's amazing. And it is so amazing just seeing the community that you've built. And I love that the way that you portray your brand and yourself is like, it's not only just Ivy Swimmer, right? You talk about your personal life, you show like your community of friends. And I think that's what resonates with a lot of, you know, not only girls, but like guys who are like interested in your journey as well. Cause you're really like showing you're who you are. You're a hustler. And like, it's so important to have close friends around you and community members. And I think that's why people are always like, wow, I do swimmer. Like I want to have like friends like this or like I, I want to, you know, have a community like this. So it's just amazing. Like the image that you portray because it's just so honest and authentic. I want to know, after creating Ivy Swimwear, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of lessons that you had learned along the way. And this was your first, you know, big company that you had built. And then after that, you started uh, Laval Beauty Academy, right? And kind of want to know, like, what were the lessons that you applied to Laval that you learned from Ivy Swimwear? And why you decided, like, what, when was it that you decided, like, this is the time for me to start a new company and how I'm going to go about it, right? Like, I want to know what was going through your mind at that time. Honestly, Lavelle Beauty Academy kind of fell into my lap because we did actually a photo shoot for Ivy Swimwear. And my sister had introduced me to a makeup artist at the time. And she actually is one of my closest friends now. Her name's Erica. And I ended up partnering with her to create Lavelle Beauty Academy probably like shortly after meeting because she just had so many ideas and so much talent, but she didn't know how to really turn that into a viable business. And I saw it as something that we could really, uh, you know, have a lot of success building together too, because, you know, having success with Ivy Swimwear with Linda, a lot of people had told me, you know, I don't think you should do business with friends. I completely disagreed because we did have success in that and we worked well together. So Lavelle Beauty Academy was just kind of born naturally when me and Erica started brainstorming business ideas, you know, and that just is such an incredible journey for me because we've really managed to branch this business out from coast to coast. 
Um, we have classes in Vancouver, Calgary, New York now, and it's just been such an amazing time being able to travel and, you know, find other talented instructors out there. So that's really been such an incredible journey. And to be honest, I didn't build the, the confidence to quit my nine to five corporate job until I had two stable side hustles. For me, that was just my path and my comfort level. You know, I wasn't as big of a risk taker in that sense. And I didn't want to risk it all per se. You know, I, you, you kind of think like, wow, I went to university all these years to get my corporate job. And it was hard for me to let go, even though I've always been so entrepreneurial. So it wasn't until uh, I guess two years into two, three years into building Ivy and a year into building Lavelle that I actually quit my corporate job. So I stayed in my corporate job for almost four years while doing my side hustles. Oh you, my goodness. Oh my God. That is, that is crazy. That's uh, crazy. I, I didn't did know that. Know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> I thought that you were just working on Ivy and yeah. because it seemed, it, it became so successful. So I thought like you must be so busy already that you wouldn't even have time for a nine to five. I literally had no life for the first four years that I lived in Toronto. And to be honest, I probably had no friends after moving from Vancouver to Toronto either. Like maybe just two friends, which maybe was a good thing at that time because I was just like fully engulfed in my business. But at the same time, both of my businesses were my passions with my friends. So to me, working was like hanging out with my friends. And that's just what I love to do. Damn, I I don't even know what to say to that. That's that's amazing because because I, <laughs> I, I I'm totally opposite. Whenever I feel like oh my god, we have something, I just jump and I just leave my job, right? And that's just me. And for for you, it's like we always consider you as a top tier entrepreneur in our book. Where it's like, all right, we need to go talk to Linda. She's definitely very hard on our list to have the podcast to hear that you have faced your internal struggles of letting go of that that job. It's so relatable to a lot of us, especially Asian Hustle Network that have side hustles that are like, okay, like maybe it's against my Asian beliefs, Asian culture that to leave this for uncertainty, right? Because whether we like it or not, that the Asian value that our parents instilled in us of having a safe job, of having a safe career and not wasting your career, it, it's always going to be, be in the back of our head. And huge congratulations on taking the, the jump into becoming a full-time entrepreneur. But everything you've shown us during this podcast is, is step-by-step, right? Nothing happens overnight. Yeah. And when we look at you from a social media perspective, we're like, wow, like she definitely has it all together. She's well put together. Like she must have some sort of superpower. And this is what's <laughs> great about this podcast. Can we have to uncover that and like discover more about yourself? And particularly, I'm kind of curious too, because I, I mean, I know we mentioned earlier before the podcast that we did look into each other's background a little bit more. And I looked into your husband's background and I'm like, wow, this guy's a real estate developer. And you guys kind of mirror each other in some ways where it's like you're focused on your business, he's focused on his business, but you guys know how to have fun as a couple, right? You know, I think that's really, really important is just that work-life balance. You know, as much as we hustle, 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 we always want to make sure that we have that time to just get away, enjoy life, spend quality time together. That way we can come back to our work and our goals, you know, refreshed. And that's what life is all about. You know, it's about balance. You can't do too much work all the time. Um, You can't have too much fun and play all the time. And for me, I think also that's why it was so important for me to build that, um, 
passive income and having multiple streams of income. And my husband has really been able to teach me that too. So, you know, I've learned a lot from him and I'm diving into real estate now and I'm getting my real estate license. So I feel like I'm always learning and growing. And when people, you know, come to me for advice on starting their own businesses, I always tell them like, go for it, take the risk, whether it fails or it succeeds, you know, like, the best thing you can say is at least you tried and then you can start to try to build those multiple streams of revenue for, for themselves. That's amazing. Yeah, I always see like pictures of you and your husband and it's so inspiring to see because like whenever he gets featured on like a magazine or something, you would, you know, amplify it and elevate him and, you know, lift him up and everything like that. And then he does the same for you. Right. And I think that's such a healthy balance. And you guys definitely portray like, you know, it's, it's really important to have fun while working hard. And you guys are just like the ultimate power couple is just really amazing to see that. You guys are my idol. <laughs> and i can see like you're getting into real estate too like you know post you're posting the airbnb, airbnb. And, yeah it's just so amazing yeah, yeah so i you- mean i feel like in life people go through stages yeah you know your passions change your priorities change so you gotta always tap into those you know thoughts in the back of your mind and just go for it you know, life is about happiness. It's not all about money, you know, so you got to do what makes you happy and what fuels your passions. Definitely. You can't tell already. We're obviously very huge fans of you. We've been following you for a very long time now. Hopefully it's not scary as we're talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) The next topic I want to talk about is like mental health, right? And because this is just a huge topic nowadays because of the pandemic, we're putting a lot more emphasis on mental health. And you've been in the social media game for so long now. Like, how have you been taking care of yourself? Because we know from our perspective that we can't really, every time we see like someone's Instagram or social media as a highlight reel, right? And what that fails to ignore is like those times where you're, you're crying, those times where you're struggling, there's times where you feel like you can't do this. And we want to talk about that and bring more light to that. Can you kind of talk about some of your lowest moments of, of doing your business where it's like, I don't know if I can do this. How can I overcome it? How would you manage to like push yourself through it during these darkest times? You know, like, especially being so present and putting myself out there on social media, getting that like daily criticism and negative feedback or people just trying to bring you down. That's, that's something that's almost on a daily basis. Like I, I've learned to not really even go through my DMS anymore because at the same time, it's like, I, I just want to stay focused, have my tunnel vision. And there's always going to be haters or people who are not truly happy for you. You know, especially when I started Ivy swimwear in the beginning, there was so much criticism and like we were taking photos of ourselves because obviously we didn't have the budget to shoot models and people would make fun of that. So, you know, on one, one end, people would be like, wow, you know, great job for shooting yourself and putting yourself out there. On the other end, people would be like, you know, you're not a model. Why are you doing that? Like, it doesn't look good. So I've, I've gotten, you know, comments from both spectrums. And over the years, the most important thing for me is my mental health, my internal happiness. So I literally just turn that off like a switch. Like if I see a negative comment, I will just block and delete it, you know, and I've always been such a positive person 
I think it's so important to just focus on yourself, focus on your own vision, and just know that if you do have haters or negative comments, it's because you're doing something right, you know? So just to keep staying positive. And it's just unfortunate that the younger generation, I think, is going to be really impacted by social media because that's really how everyone's growing up now. And they put so much emphasis on having to like look good on social media, having to be loved on social media. And it's really how it shouldn't be. So, you know, I do want my content to be more authentic. I try to post, you know, stories on the daily just to show what my daily life is like ups and downs, you know, and it's just I get it, though. Staying truly authentic to your audience, it's not always possible because people want to post the best that they can show. You know, they want to talk about their successes and not necessarily their failures. So that's tough. And, you know, I know people are talking about that more and trying to be more aware of that. Like Instagram is hiding likes just for people's mental health. So I do think these topics around mental health are important. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, like, you're so mentally strong. You know, I think it's very, very easy to be, you know, indulged into these comments. And especially like you mentioned, the new generation or the next generation, all they know is social media. So they look to social media a lot. Right. But no matter what you do, whether you are successful or whether, you know, you're just trying, you're bound to get hateful comments. You know, every time people will see you like trying to do something, you're going to get criticism. So it's just amazing to hear you like know what your boundaries are and to know like when to block out comments when you don't want to read them. And you're a lot stronger than me, to be honest. I, I think I get some negative comments once in a while. I'm like, ow, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do anything anymore. You guys hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding, but I, I, I meant in a way where I do get kind of butt hurt. I'm just like, wow, there's all this hate coming from. I'm trying to do something good here. <laughs> I'm a virtual hug. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of curious too. Like, I mean, do you have any routines that you practice on a daily basis to kind of keep yourself going where you wake up? look yourself in the mirror and you're like, Linda, I got this. Linda, <laughs> I'm going to smile every day, no matter what. Cause you mentioned earlier that, that you are a very positive person, right? But like as human beings, you're not always positive all the time. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do shit. You know, <laughs> I just, just want to relax. I don't want to do anything. But like yeah. the thing with you and the thing that we really admire with you is like how consistent you are. Right. And that comes to show like how much you want it. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, even if you want something bad enough, you get discouraged and you kind of just stop. But the thing was that you get, I feel like you keep going no matter what you continuously post, like almost on a daily basis, almost every day, something, <laughs> a story, post, whatever. But like, I just want to learn more about that willpower that you have inside and like, how do you, how do you teach yourself to become so consistent? Right. Because I think that compared to other social media influencers that are coming up with your TikTok right now, like you are the one going to feel that you don't even, it's very undefined at the time. And for you to make it make an undefined feel and be consistent about it, I want to know what was the what the thought power, the willpower that you had, the internal voices in your head to tell you to keep on moving. I mean, from the beginning, I think it's just become like a way of life for me. I don't know, almost like a habit. Like I want to share, I want to keep adding to my feed. I want people to follow my journey. But at the same time, even though it does feel like I post a lot, I do have days off, weeks off, you know, where I just need that mental break. And I, I think that's healthy. You know, sometimes I don't even check in. Like I might post something, but I won't even check in to the comments or anything. I'll post it. 
and then put my phone away. And I think I've gotten better at that recently because, you know, I do think that I have, my brain is just going in so many directions that sometimes it's, I just need that mental break from Instagram. And, you know, I, I like to clear my mind. I like to do yoga. I like to do Pilates. You know, we really took the time to set up our home gym just to have me time, you know, self care. And in the mornings, I really, I don't want to like put so much pressure on myself all the time to be like, I have to get this, 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 and this done. But at the beginning of a month, I will like to write down, like, these are my few goals this month, but I'll do it on my own timeline throughout the month, you know? And obviously that goes back to us liking to have playtime too, because working all the time, it's just so stressful. So I think it's important to just make time for yourself time to recharge. Um, and I think that's just how I stay so consistent with my social media because it's, to me, it's not all about social media. It benefits my business and it's healthy for me to stay in touch with my friends in that sense, but I don't live and breathe and have to read every comment, you know, on my social media. Cause that would just be, uh, yeah, really, I think unhealthy. Oh yeah, for sure. I love that you have that perfect balance and it's, it's so important to make sure that you're having fun in that process. Right. I think especially this whole like hustle culture, we always think about like work hard, work hard, work hard. And we're like always talking about working hard and we never think about, you know, making sure that we have fun or have a balance. So I love that you kind of found your balance and, you know, you're reemphasizing that to your community. We also know that you had spoken at TED Talk recently. Congratulations. Um, yeah, congratulations. What was that like? And what was going through your mind at that time? I'm sure that was such a big accomplishment for you. And, you know, it was so amazing for you to share with the audience of like cultivating an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, obviously, you've already dropped so many like good stuff on this podcast. And I'm sure, you know, that TED Talk was amazing as well. What was, you know, what was your thought process like when you were asked to speak at TED Talk? And that was the first time. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You're such a natural. No, I'm so nervous. Like I, well, I think I got really lucky because I did have a coach. Um, He helped me through, you know, just my body language. You know, he helped me with what I wanted to say so I could really verbally like portray what I wanted to say in a proper way that Ted has a lot of guidelines too, where your speech can't necessarily flow in a certain way. So I did get a lot of guidance and support and I'm not sure if you could tell from the video, but there was actually no live audience. (laughs) So that was definitely, we we couldn't tell my comfort zone. And I don't know if I would have done it if there was a live audience, but apparently that was the last filming um, during COVID where they would do it without an audience, you know, because of COVID restrictions. And it was actually really random. One of my close friends from university had reached out to me um, in Vancouver and she actually became a TED organizer. We kind of lost touch for almost 10 years, I would say. And one day she just reached out to me and we reconnected. And I think, and that's really what I love so much about social media is that it just connects people from around the world and you can touch base with people who you've lost touch with for years, you know, and she's just been 
such a great friend to me in the past. And I love that she has the full mentality of, you know, women supporting women, providing women these opportunities to go on stage and tell their story. So I felt so honored when she reached out to me and, you know, I, I flew, I planned my trip, everything. I had to fly back to Vancouver, get my vaccination just for this trip and everything. So it was it was really exciting putting all of the wheels in action and actually seeing myself on a TED stage. It was definitely nerve wracking. No, you did great. And we're happy to hear that too. I mean, we couldn't even tell, like there's no audience. We couldn't even tell you're nervous in any way. I think you got your points crossed really, really well. Right. So huge congratulations. And what surprised us that we saw a post saying that this is our first time speaking at something like that. Right. And you're just so boss. Everything you do, you just vibe, just complete boss. It was like, you, you got it under control. I got this. Right. <laughs> and that kind of leads me down like a segment too, where it's like, I think at this point in your career, I can honestly say like you're very successful. Like you have two businesses that are doing really well. Like your, your house in upstate New York is amazingly beautiful. Thank right. You. What, I'm, what I'm really curious about is that I feel like with entrepreneurship, when you reach a certain point where you have like, okay, like things are going really well, you tend to feel a bit unfulfilled. You tend to tend to feel a bit unhappy because you're always asking yourself, and especially with, with entrepreneurs, what is next? Right. Yeah. So how do you deal with that, that chase where it's like that feeling where it's like, I'm not happy anymore because I'm seeking a challenge. And how do you like know when, when to stop, when's enough, when, when should I be happy? Cause I'm curious to hear more. I mean, that's a tough question, you know, because I think as an entrepreneur, we're just such go-getters and it's always like, go, go, go on to the next. I don't like to think of it you know, in a negative way though, I like to think of it as I'm always learning and growing and I want to try new things, but of course there is a limit. Like I can only do so much in a day. And if I'm putting all of my efforts on to this direction, I'm neglecting these other businesses. So my goal has always been just to make sure I can get a business self-sufficient, self-running, and then kind of move on to the next adventure. But definitely throughout the years, you know, I still have a long way to grow and a lot, a lot of goals that I want to accomplish for my own businesses. But I think something that I've just discovered along the way that I feel really, really great about is really being able to help other people achieve their goals too. So that's been really fulfilling. And that's something that's always going to be ongoing for me. So I think, you know, just this year doing the TED talk and, you know, you guys are my very first podcast. I definitely want to do more things like this and really just be able to spread the message and whether it's like encourage, inspire other people to chase their dreams. That's, you know, this is really new and scary to me, but I'm definitely going to keep putting myself out there. So amazing. I mean, I still can't believe this is your first podcast because just when you're speaking, you're like so natural. I remember like when Brian and I were talking about bringing you onto the podcast, I was trying to find interviews from you and Linda and I couldn't find any, like there was probably like one video that I found where I like saw you guys talking, but other than that, like we, we couldn't really find any. And it's just so surprising because you're just so natural and you know exactly, you know, what you're talking about and you're just very, very comfortable in your own skin. So just amazed by that. Thank you. I mean, you guys are amazing. I feel like you're giving me a lot of confidence right now. <laughs> We're just being honest. <laughs> yeah. But just hearing about your journey and all of the experience that you've had and how much you have, you know, grown 
I want to know like how you have seen yourself grow, you know, obviously with starting Ivy swimwear, you know, since the first day of starting that company, while you were still working your nine to five, there were probably a lot of things that you have learned. Right. And maybe that came with imposter syndrome or anything like that. So how have you seen yourself grow in a more like mentally and uh, emotionally kind of way? Yeah. You know, when I look back to that day where I really decided to quit my corporate job and go full force into the entrepreneurial world, I was so scared. And, you know, at that time, I, I just got out of a long-term relationship. Like I already had so many failed businesses prior to that. So it was a huge step for me. Um, if I could, you know, talk to my previous self, I would definitely just tell myself, you know, one step at a time, don't put so much expectation on yourself because life is not built out in cookie cutter, you know, like everyone has their own timeline. Don't compare yourself to other people, just focus on yourself. And that's, what's going to lead you to ultimate happiness. And when I look back now, I'm so grateful for all the decisions that I made and, you know, just putting myself out there and, quitting my nine to five, taking that leap of faith, because if I didn't, I mean, you know, I don't even know how my life would have turned out. I was so unhappy at the time in my corporate job. And that's something that I knew was a hundred percent. So I just really took that leap of faith. And I think that if someone isn't fulfilled in their life, they really need to reflect, do some self-reflection and try to understand what it is that makes themselves truly happy. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you spend like, I'm probably exaggerating, but 80% of your life working. So if your job is something that's not making you happy, then you really got to reanalyze, focus on what your true goals are in life. Absolutely agree with that statement. Always, always about realignment with your goals and your values and who you are, right? That's how you stay happy. If you're outside that, that alignment, it's like, oh man, where's my life going? What am I doing? So it's great that you're bringing up a really important point too, is that reflection is a big part of growth. Reflection is a big part of being an entrepreneur and making sure that you're going in the right direction. Then I can tell that you had a lot of practice too, because I realized during this podcast, even though it's your first podcast, you don't say ums or ahs. And that's oh, like, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I probably say more ums than Linda has. <laughs> no, I, I think Maggie said like five ums already. <laughs> I love it. Linda, what's, what's next for you? Like, what do you see happening for you in like the next five to 10 years? Well, you know, I think I've really found a newfound passion in real estate. I really want to go full force in that. I love interior design and decorating, and it's like a whole new world for me. I think with, you know, my beauty academy, my fashion business in real estate, I'm going to be fully engulfed. So business venture wise, I don't think I'm going to think of anything else outside of that in the meantime. But in the next 10 years, I think it's just a lot of big life changes for me, you know, like my wedding is happening and I really settled life into here. I do want things to start slowing down a little bit. And, you know, we're talking about having kids in the next two years. So I think it's really just after like hustling, hustling, hustling so much, I really just want to slow down, you know, enjoy life. You know, it's the little things that matter and just really sit back and kind of focus on family and quality time. 
I love it. I mean, I yes. Yeah. If anyone watches Linda's uh, Instagram stories, her interior design skills are amazing. And <laughs> oh, like watching the progress of your herbs, little herbs growing. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a new song passion of mine too. I'm like, I'm turning into a housewife. Like I'm like the Asian Martha Stewart. Like I love decorating, cooking, finding new recipes. Like that this stuff really brings me so much joy. Like just cooking dinner, you know, making the pillows on my couch look beautiful. So it's definitely new, new Linda. I love it. (laughs) Linda, we have one last question for you. And that is if you could give one advice to an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that advice be? The most important thing is just to believe in yourself. You know, don't listen to what other people say. Again, there's always going to be people who are negative, people who are trying to bring you down. You're the only person that sees your vision. And if you don't put 110% into it, then no one else is going to do it for you. So be 100%, be fully committed, have that dedication and persistence, you know, and build that life that you can dream of. So it's all up to you. I love that. I love that a lot. Believe in yourself goes a long way, you know, especially when you're just starting out. It's like people can't see what you're trying to do. And it's like a it's like a process, so right? Where it's like they doubt you and then they believe in you and now they want to be like you. And that's where you are right now. <laughs> so Linda, how can our listeners find out more about you and reach out to you online? Um, definitely Instagram. You know, I'm still I'm always there. I'm gonna continue to be consistent throughout all my life changes, you know, I, I've just enjoyed so much sharing my life on social media. So at least net for now, I'll be definitely always on Instagram and, you know, people can still send me DMs and I, I, I do filter through and reply to ones that, you know, have genuine inquiries. So definitely Instagram. Definitely. And we'll leave all that in show notes, but Linda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We're so honored to be your first podcast ever. Yay. And we hope to continue to see you do more podcasts in the future. Thank you guys for having me. This is so much fun. Thank you, Linda. We had such a great time interviewing you. Thank you, Linda. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.